Please lower your head and watch your step while boarding. Welcome to the Attractions Podcast. You are all clear for dispatch. Have fun. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 142 of the Attractions Podcast, sponsored by Destinations with Character Travel. I'm Seth. And I'm Carly. And we are here to talk to you about the latest and greatest in theme park news and more, as well as what's going on in our own lives. Carly, how have you been this past week? I have been excellent. I spent a few days in San Francisco, which is one of my favorite cities, working on some upcoming stories about Tiki and Tiki mug culture. So I'm excited to put I, that together. I am so jealous. I have I have a modest Tiki mug culture, a mm-hmm. uh, Tiki mug collection, uh, but I'm sure it pales uh, in comparison to yours. I, I saw some pictures of what you were smuggling home in your suitcase, and I'm yes. definitely jealous. I got some great ones, and it's always so I don't check a bag, so I only do carry-ons, and it's even just like wrapping it in clothes is always so nerve-wracking because they're they're investment pieces. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. It would be a little sad if they came home broke, but they all survived. I got three at this time, so. Yay. Um, well, I uh, I have spent the week trying to recover from uh, the Fringe Festival that we talked about last time yeah. uh, while simultaneously proofreading the new unofficial guide to Disneyland 2023. Um, but I did manage to squeeze in uh, a couple uh, successful trips to Epcot to ride uh, Guardians of the Galaxy again. I'm starting to get hooked on that thing. Um, uh, paid a brief visit to Universal, but the two really cool things I got to do this week, um, I got to do a brand new escape room at the Bureau on iDrive with our publisher, Matt, and a couple other correspondents from Attractions Magazine. Um, and this one was puppet themed. Um, they had uh, original Muppet style puppets and uh, both that were on video and actual puppets that you would interact with. And uh, wow. they did some amazing uh technical uh creative things to uh make the puppets come to life um highly recommend that wow uh, and that's i my alley it's it was room with puppets yes um <laughs> if if uh the idea is that you are helping a a puppet uh thief break into a museum and steal the hand of life which is this sacred art- artifact which is a hand going like this <laughs> <laughs> and um you know, there were there are these things like, you know, you'd take you'd find the puppet and the puppet needs to get over the fence. So you'd throw him across the room over a fence and then you'd hear him back there moving around and then he'd pop out through another door and you'd have to help him get to another spot. So it was uh, some really clever puzzles and, and neat technology. Um, and I also got to stop by uh, Wonderworks on iDrive Ooh. and uh, the they have had this uh, thing called the Out of Control Comedy Magic Dinner Show for, for a long time now. Tony Brent, a professional magician, has been working there for years and uh for the summer they're expanding uh to three shows a night every night uh so they invited the press out there to check it out uh, it'd been a little while since i'd seen it and it's still a really solid show um having just seen a lot of magic shows at fringe and then before that a lot of magic shows at um uh at las vegas uh tony is a great performer uh puts on a really fast-paced show um with uh a a lot of neat effects um and you get unlimited pizza and beer uh while you watch it uh so yeah that's (laughs) pretty good pretty good deal uh probably the best value um for a a dinner show on iDrive so that was that was my week um but there has been a lot of stuff this week uh in the theme park news yes so i think without any further ado we should get into it All right. First up, we've been watching it under construction for a while, but Universal Studios Hollywood has now revealed some official details about Mario Kart, the new ride coming to Super Nintendo World there. And one of the details is that it's going to be subtitled Bowser's Challenge. Uh, Out in Japan, this ride is called Koopa's Challenge uh, because the big baddie in the Mario games is known as King Koopa 
in Japan, but uh, the rest of the world knows him as Bowser. So we will be riding Mario Kart uh, Bowser's Challenge in early 2023. Yes, this is very exciting because we've been just eagerly waiting on just the attraction details. I mean, we kind of knew what was coming, but there was nothing really official mm. out there with the title. And this is exciting because when they said loosely 2023, that had me a little nervous. I was like, oh, no, we're going to have to wait almost another year. But now they said early 2023. Yeah. This is great. Um, you know, I, I'm early 2023 usually means by spring break at the latest, you know. Technically, it could mean any time in the first six months, but usually it means by spring break at the latest. And I've heard whispers that they want to at least start with soft opens or or limited testing uh, by maybe very late this year. Yeah, um, so. a lot ahead of them because technology is not something you need as a universal Hollywood guest. They have mm -hmm. a virtual queue that they run sometimes not all the time but you really it's one of the few major theme parks that you don't have to be reliant on your phone yeah so this means that they have a lot in the technology department so they're gonna have to do a lot of testing yeah i mean the good news is that uh this ride was already opened uh in 2021 in japan and they've had a couple of years uh pandemic aside to uh run it and get used right. to um, you know, at least the hardware of it. Uh, I really think that the the tricky part will be how they manage crowds coming in and out of the lower lot, uh, because you know you've got that bottleneck of that giant escalator, um, and you know if you have a rope drop with uh, you know ten thousand people all trying to rush down that escalator and get into Super Nintendo World, uh, which really only has one. It's got this one green white warp pipe entrance. Uh, it's not designed for huge masses of people all rushing in at once. Uh, and also, um, we're only going to get the Mario Kart ride. We're not getting the Yoshi ride. We're not getting the uh, Donkey Kong ride. You're going to have to wait until Epic Universe opens in Orlando for those. So limited capacity uh, for this attraction. They're definitely going to have to do some sort of virtual queue or boarding groups or something to manage access. But hey, at least we have, we know it's going to be... A, sometime in early 2023 so um start start looking at your, your vacation dates yeah and if you <laughs> if you can't wait that long uh they have already got a bunch of the merchandise uh available at the feature presentation store which is on the upper lot near the front of the park so mario caps mario plush mario shirts mario lanyards uh you can start gearing up right now Yes, I definitely partook in some merch. <laughs> Tried to keep it calm until when it officially opens, but the merch is really good if you find yourself out there. Yeah, uh, personally, I can't wait to buy one of the power bands yes. um, and see how that whole interactive system uh, works. It, it seems like they're taking the the data pads and the in interactive wands from you know other attractions and really taking it to the next level. So. Can't wait to see that early 2023. Um, also opening in 2023, the Mattel Adventure Park in Glendale, Arizona, is going to feature Barbie and Masters of the Universe attractions. Um, this is one that's kind of flown under my radar. Um, they, they're calling this a theme, an adventure park, uh, not a theme park. It it looks like it's you know maybe not quite the scale of a Disney or Universal theme park, uh, maybe a little closer to a family entertainment center, but on a larger scale. Uh, we already knew about the Hot Wheels roller coaster and uh, Thomas the Thomas and Friends indoor park, but now we've got a little information about Barbie and Masters of the Universe. Yes, this looks really cool, and I think it's going to be a trend that we're seeing with micro theme parks. You know, we mm -hmm. have uh, that's a good word for it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it it works, and it's obviously a lot less of a financial investment than these mega parts, and just mm -hmm. uncertain times, it's a, a big risk to open a brand new theme park. So this is really cool, and it's obviously major IPs. Yeah. that's going to be a part of this. And I too, kind of, this has been flying under my radar, but after reading this story, I was like, I'm excited for this. Yeah. So in, in addition to the um, outdoor uh, roller coaster uh, based on 
Hot Wheels, which is kind of going to be the signature outdoor element. Uh, they are going to have a Barbie beach house, um, which is going to feature a flying theater. Uh, it'll take people with Barbie from underwater to outer space because uh, Barbie can go anywhere. Yes. Um, and there's going to be some other Barbie experiences like a holographic dream closet and a Barbie rooftop bar. Um, the the thing that intrigued me the most, uh, being a, a boy uh, growing up in the 80s, uh, Masters of the Universe, uh, a.k.a. He-Man, is coming. Uh, his castle, Grayskull, is going to be a 4,500 square foot laser tag arena. Um, now, that's kind of an interesting use of the IP. Uh, not necessarily the first thing that I, I think of when, uh, when I think of a, a He-Man attraction, uh, but I think that could be kind of fun. Um, and there's also going to be some attractions based on Mattel board games, including a, a life-size Pictionary game and uh, giant Rock'em Sock'em robots. Oh, and the Uno. I, that was one of my favorite games growing up. And there's going to be uh, oversized Uno cards yeah. that acts as a climbing structure. So I think, like you said, this is kind of like a family fun center, mm -hmm. but with some thrill attractions. Uh it, it's an interesting middle ground. Uh, yeah. You know, it's it's definitely a step up from a, a Dave and Buster's or a, uh, you know, Monkey Joe's. Um, it's definitely bigger than your average chain um, uh, location-based entertainment center. Uh, but, you know, not quite the, the scope or, or scale of a, a full-sized theme park. So it's really going to be interesting to see uh, with these uh, well-known IPs uh, how successful that that scale is in the market. So uh, we will find out when that opens in 2023. Uh, right now, uh, you can go and ride Sidewinder, Sidewinder Safari, which is the brand new spinning coaster at Six Flags Discovery Kingdom that opened to the public on May 28th. Yes, the theming of this looks really amazing to me. So you enter kind of a jungle-like setting where there's live mm -hmm. snakes, lizards, other reptiles, and they'll be surrounding you in the queue before you board the Sidewinder Safari roller mm -hmm. coaster. Uh, this is the year of spinning coasters, I guess. I feel like we're <laughs> about a spinning coaster, but this looks really neat. It's the park's 11th roller coaster. Mm -hmm. That's a lot. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's quite a lineup. And, uh, you know, this, uh, at least superficially, uh, reminds me a lot of the uh, spinning coaster that they have at Busch Gardens in Tampa, mm -hmm. um, especially the idea that they have uh, live snakes and lizards uh, in yes. the queue. Uh, that's a very uh, Busch Gardens kind of thing to do. Um, but you'll get multiple 360 degrees spins, um, drops. Uh, curves. It's got a top speed of 29 miles an hour, um, and uh, it's only 43, 43 feet tall. So uh, packs a bit of a punch into a small footprint. Um, and uh, it's located right next to Odin's Temple of the Tiger Stadium. Uh, and if you want more information, you should head on over to sixflags.com slash discovery kingdom. Uh, Discovery Kingdom is not a Six Flags park I've personally visited, so maybe one of these days I'll get to check that out myself. I haven't, but this intrigues me, and it, also it's two minutes and thirty seconds, which is a lot of bang for your buck with a roller coaster. That's, that's a fairly lengthy uh, ride yeah. time, uh, especially considering uh, it's only uh, thirteen seventy-eight feet of track. So yeah. All right. Well, uh, next up, you can electrify your summer at SeaWorld San Diego because Electric Ocean is returning uh, from, it kicked off on June 4th and it's gonna be going all the way through August 14th. Yes, it's been fun to kind of, I feel like every week we uh, talk about another uh, SeaWorld property because they are Absolutely. going <laughs> hard into the limited time seasonal festivals, mm -hmm. which I am all about. This one is particularly fun because they're going to have concerts in their amphitheater, DJ dance parties, and of course, a nighttime fireworks spectacular. Yeah. Uh, the uh, big new addition to this year's Electric Ocean in San Diego is an all-new Adrenaline Extreme stunt show. Uh, they've got Annalise Nock, who uh, appeared on America's Got Talent. Uh, she's won a Guinness World Record for doing the most somersaults on a wheel of death in one minute. And uh, she is going to be showing off some of her 
impressive high wire stunts. Uh, and there's also an all new show called Electro Blast, which involves high energy bioluminescent percussion. Uh, so curious to see. Uh, that sounds like glow in the dark drumming to me. Yes, <laughs> a good way to put it. Uh, yes. This looks really fun. I They have been killing it at SeaWorld San Diego with these limited time events. Like Hollow Scream last year mm -hmm. was one of my favorite haunt events. And mm -hmm. it is a smaller park in comparison to a lot of the other parks. But it's nice to see that they're really putting the emphasis on these events and all the offerings. Like the nightly fireworks, we said that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, in addition to nightly fireworks, there's a, a laser reef light show. Um, there's also a walk through cosmic tunnel where you can take some, uh, pictures. Um, and all of this is happening, uh, on Saturdays and Sundays right now through the 12th. And then it becomes nightly through June, from June 18th through August 14th. And of course, this is all included with your regular park admission. Uh, speaking of SeaWorld, SeaWorld in Orlando is teasing us about a brand new roller coaster that is going to come in 2023. Yes, this is pretty cool. This kind of took me by surprise because it was they just posted this on social media and no one yep. knew this was really coming. Uh, they use the hashtag High Surf Advisory. Mm -hmm. And. Uh it's, it looks pretty crazy. It also looks like it may be stand-up. Yes, that is that is the big uh, takeaway I got out of this tease. Um, you know, this is going to be their seventh roller coaster. Uh, they are claiming that they are Orlando's uh, roller coaster capital. Uh, I, I know uh, Universal is going to go back and forth with them on that one. Right. <laughs> but uh, so they are claiming this is a new one-of-a-kind ocean adventure. And the little video seems to show that this is a stand-up roller coaster. Uh, now, uh, we know that SeaWorld likes to partner with B&M uh, as their manufacturer, and B&M not long ago filed a patent for a new safety restraint system uh, related to stand-up roller coasters. I don't know how many of our listeners out there have ridden a stand-up roller coaster. They had a brief period of popularity, and then... Um, all of those of us with male genitalia who rode one once and <laughs> said we would never get on one again kind of caused its popularity to crash. Uh, uh, you know, I, I have not personally had the best experiences in my life with stand-up roller coasters. Perhaps they have come up with a new restraint system uh, that is less uncomfortable. Um, but this definitely looks to me like uh, a, a B&M. Um, you know, it almost looks like a Kraken uh yeah. except with uh with uh stand-up seats so yes. i'm curious i don't really love stand-up i also don't like the lay down roller coaster ride vehicles i will do this once though because <laughs> do anything once for okay. journalistic integrity <laughs> exactly but this yeah. is impressive i mean they opened icebreaker this year and then next year they're going to be opening another roller coaster they really are leaning into that coaster capital tagline that they've been using uh, yeah, we've got um, we've got some uh, comments in uh, the chat. Uh, oops, sorry. Um, that uh, saying that this is basically uh, another B and M uh, based on the track layout, which is yeah, that was my takeaway from looking at the at the track. Um, and uh, John Self, hi John. Uh, has an opinion that the seat mechanism uh, sounds better, uh, but still suspicious. Uh, yeah, I'd say that as a the big question, uh, as as Skywalker Brian asks, can it can it beat Mako? Uh, for my money, Mako is still the most rewritable coaster at SeaWorld. Uh, it's just an airtime machine, um, and it's it's just so much fun to ride. Uh, Kraken. I have not been on Kraken since its recent refurb, uh, but it, it can be a little intense in the G-forces mm -hmm. for me, a little uncomfortable. And uh, and like you say, uh, Manta, uh, you know, that's that's kind of a one and done because of that intensity, especially if you're in right. a back row on back row of Manta, that that pretzel roll will will put you out for the day. Um, so, you know, I'm I. I wasn't really a huge fan of Icebreaker. Uh, for me, that's not one I'm going to wait a long time in, in line for. Um, so uh, I'm excited to have something new in the SeaWorld Orlando lineup for me to try. 
definitely. All right. Well, uh, moving in a completely different direction, uh, Stranger Things experiences are turning New York City upside down right now, uh, where Netflix has partnered with New York's Empire State Building for a special light show and photo opportunity. Uh, and you can also visit uh, a Stranger Things experience in Brooklyn. Yes, this sounds really cool. I know it's been kind of hard to get tickets to because it's it's obviously very popular. And with summer travel coming up, I expect to have that keep going. <laughs> oh, sure. I've actually got a friend. I've been following their trip on Facebook right now. Uh, they are in New York and they... Uh, they spent uh, a good chunk of time uh, yesterday at the Stranger Things experience and uh, had some great photos. So, um, yes, yeah, so basically, uh, you can head on over to the Empire State Building uh, and up on the 86th floor observatory, they've got a, a photo op. Basically looks like a cardboard cutout of a Demogorgon. Right. Um but, you know, if you're a big Stranger Things fan, uh, I guess you can uh, block your view of like, New York's skyline with a, a cardboard demigorgon. Um, but uh, <laughs> they're also doing a light show um, now through uh, July, uh, running nightly on the building. Um, but I am more interested personally in this Stranger Things experience, which is a one-hour walkthrough uh, where you can enter Hawkins Lab and become a test subject in a new study. Yes. Uh, seeing seeing what they did to L, I'm not sure I want to volunteer for that. No, but this is really cool. And like you said, it, it's a walkthrough experience. So this intrigues mm -hmm. me more than even like if it was an escape room or something of that nature. And it's a one hour experience. Yeah. So I'm, I'm wondering how scary this is because it looks a little, a little scary if you have a, a it, little it, bit of a less tolerance. It definitely looks spooky and atmospheric. Uh, you're going to interact with characters and have special effects, uh, supernatural mysteries from the show. Uh, and it ends up in an area where you can stay as long as you're, you like in the mixtape area to uh, get photos. Um, looks like they've got vintage arcade machines and other backdrops from, uh, from the series to take pictures with. Um, this is recommended for ages 13 and up. Uh, you, you can... Uh, you can't, can't bring a kid if they're, uh, age four and under. So maybe a little too scary. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, the admission starts at, uh, $44 per adult. And if you want a VIP admission with a, a drink and a gift and uh, front of the line access, that's going to run uh, $72 per adult. So all the details for this are at strangerthings-experience.com. Have you uh, gotten a chance to catch up on the new season yet? I watched the first three. I think. All right. We just watched the first two. Uh, we're, we're hoping to watch a couple more tonight. Yeah. I don't love it. I don't know <laughs> why. I... Well, you know, it, it, each season I feel like has, has had a different feeling. And I really fell in love with the kind of Steven Spielberg feel of the first season. Mm -hmm. And I feel like each season they've increasingly been leaning into horror. Uh, this is this one feels very Stephen King influenced. Yes. Uh, and, you know, it, it definitely is that as the kids have gotten older, it's gotten darker. It's gotten a little meaner. Um, it's it's lost a little bit of that, you know, Spielbergian wonder that uh, I kind of liked from the first seasons. But I'm sticking with it. I'm sticking. With, we, 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 we know it's we know uh, the fifth season is coming and that's the end. So um, I'll, I'll 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 follow this ride to the end. Yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, so Skywalker Brian, this is, uh, <laughs> hey Alexa, start playing "Running Up That Hill." No, Alexa, don't actually do that. My Alexa's gonna <laughs> actually do that now. Um, yes, okay. Uh, the the Kate Bush revival uh, that has uh, been spawned. Um, uh, my wife is a big Kate Bush fan and has been searching for a copy of that album on vinyl for years every time we go to a flea market and a state sale and now there's no way she's ever going to find Never. it because it's <laughs> it's hot again i even heard i even heard them playing that song as i was walking through city walk uh on my wow. way into universal <laughs> um so all right moving on from stranger things uh star wars has some new merchandise coming to the disney parks uh, leading off with some brand new lightsabers uh, that were announced during Star Wars Celebration, including a new Obi-Wan Kenobi legacy lightsaber. 
Yes, this is, I mean, we've been talking so much about Star Wars, but uh, especially Disneyland, it's getting all the love. And this is just another, another example. <laughs> um, they uh, had Star Wars Celebration uh, recently. And uh, so new lightsabers became available for pre-order online on May 31st. Um, they're coming soon uh, to the stores in Galaxy's Edge. Um, and I'm sure as soon as they appear, they will sell out real quick because uh these things uh go fast um uh, in addition to the brand new obi-wan saber i mentioned uh there's a legacy qui-gon jinn um, a darth sidious saber which i believe is uh wireless uh or uh, has a not wireless but a uh, rechargeable instead of having to replace the batteries it's got a uh, a charging system um and also a plo Koon. um and they're also doing another fan vote uh they did this once before uh before they came out with a calcestis uh lightsaber uh now they've got a new selection of uh jedi knights of the old republic that you can pick your favorite one um i i vote for jacosta new uh because librarians need more recognition yes. um you know especially hey if 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 here in florida and texas they're probably going to be arming school teachers with guns uh then then you know librarians with lightsabers makes just about as much oh, sense absolutely uh, i can't wait for that to be announced so i guess yeah. they're gonna do a whole reveal of it later this summer yeah so <laughs> moving on <laughs> uh through june 10th uh so you have a few more days to uh go online uh, and vote on which uh, lightsaber you would like. And yeah, they will be revealing them uh, later on. Uh, and we've also got some new R2-D2s, uh, including one uh, styled for Walt Disney World's 50th anniversary that it's got blue and gold accents. Yeah, if you haven't seen a picture of it, it does look really cool because it's the blue is just very bright and with the gold, it looks really nice. Yeah. Uh, there's also a uh, R7... F-I-N-G, which I believe is uh, Figment inspired because uh, he's got purple colors. Uh, he's kind of got Figment's coloring. And also a Droid Factory collection uh, for Halloween. I, I did not realize that they celebrated Halloween in uh, in Star Wars universe. Yes. I, I'm I, moving that. right along. There's new plush. There's some really adorable uh, Grogu mystery plush and a Wonderground gallery uh, print that is too cute for words. But I think the most important, the most pivotal piece of Star Wars merchandise to ever be released. Yes, you can finally get an ice cream maker. Uh, for those of you who are not Star Wars super geeks, uh, for about one half of one second in the empire strikes back when they are evacuating bespin you can see some dude running through the scene carrying an ice cream maker <laughs> and fans have become obsessed with that it is it is technically in in canon called a cam camatono case uh and you can keep all your valuables inside there uh, in case the empire comes for you um <laughs> you can now uh, order one on shopdisney.com or find them in the parks if they haven't already sold out. And uh, if you are a big enough Star Wars geek to get that joke, you pretty much have to buy buy one, right? Right. This is, <laughs> it's so niche, but I love when they do these kind of things because it means they're listening to whatever weird stuff that we're into. Yes. We're fixate on. And this is one of them for sure. Yep. Um, yeah, uh, Brian reminded me that for years at uh, Star Wars Celebration, they used to have a a, uh, a running of the hoodlums, I guess they call it. It was like a old marathon of people all carrying their ice cream makers. So uh, yeah, lots more merchandise coming out. We've got a video on uh, our YouTube channel previewing all of it. Um, uh, so go and check all that out and uh, start spending way too much money on all that stuff. Yes. Um, Finding Nemo, the Big Blue and Beyond, finally has an opening date. And on June 13th, uh, we finally get to enjoy the music and the puppets of the Finding Nemo show at Disney's Animal Kingdom once again. Yeah, this it was a long time coming. I mean, <sighs> obviously, a lot of entertainment went to the wayside during the pandemic and lockdown. This is one of the things a lot of people I know are going to be really excited when it returns to Animal Kingdom Park. Yeah, um, both fans of this show, which was really one of the more elaborate um, and uh, 
professional uh, stage shows that that Disney's had, um, and also all the performers who worked in it. Um, the show has been scaled down. I don't know how exactly how many actors are still included in the show, uh, but it's definitely a shorter show. Um, I think uh, we've got a running time of about. 25 minutes is what I've heard. Yes, um, that's what they're saying. Uh, yeah. and like you said about the actors, I think that's the most exciting part for me is I want to see all of these performers that haven't yeah. been able to perform to get back on stage. And it's been years coming. So, yeah. I, I, I actually, a, a friend of mine is uh, performing an opening day as Gil. Uh, oh. See, the, the Tank Gang is now kind of narrating the show. Uh, so Gil and the other... Um, the other fish who live in uh, uh, the dentist office are going to be telling the story of Finding Nemo as a flashback. Um, and so I, uh, my buddy gets to narrate it and I am going to uh, definitely be there for the opening day show uh, to applaud. Um, I know that they have done some upgrades to the theater and uh, the backdrop is now digital. So they're using a lot of uh, big video projections to help tell the story. Uh, they still have a lot of the same favorite puppets and uh, some of the original songs, including uh, Big Blue World and uh, Crush the Turtles song, Go With the Flow. Oh, uh, I, they got to keep Blue that World. one. Yes. It's like every time I hear that on Nemo and Friends, I'm singing it for hours. So Apple. I'm sure this will be the case. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, it's, it's good news. Uh, this and it also um, having the full scale version of the festival of the lion king show is coming back soon so live entertainment uh back in the parks is always a good thing yes all right and uh speaking of live entertainment in the parks disneyland resort is honoring black music month by celebrating soulfully uh with uh shows including um uh shows at disney's california adventure park downtown disney district uh and at the grand californian hotel all featuring black music yes i love this if you've ever experienced the live pianist in ralph brennan's mm -hmm. it's basically in the side room where there's like the bar they have a little stage i love when they have the live music in there so it's exciting to hear that they're going to be doing this i believe it's even nightly so this is yeah. really awesome we've seen this celebration at disney springs at disney world mm -hmm. so it's definitely uh expanding at disneyland and i know a lot of people were excited to see that troubadour tavern has reopened everyone yes the baked potatoes <laughs> yes so the baked potatoes are back but with a twist now yes. you get sweet potatoes stuffed with a coconut chicken curry uh which sounds really interesting to me i always like when you can get stuff in disneyland park that is not the typical hamburgers and, and chicken tenders i do gotta say i was a big fan of the bratwurst uh with the uh, spicy mustard it was the oh. only place in all of disneyland where you could get good mustard because right. everywhere else they sell that terrible yellow mustard yes no but always excels at the snacks <laughs> but yeah um they've they've got um some themed uh, snacks and punches uh, at Troubadour Tavern, which is perfect for watching the new Tales of the Lion King show. Um, if you're over in California Adventure, they've got a new acapella vocal group uh, performing this month called the Philly Phonics, uh, and they're doing 1920s uh, jazz tunes. Uh, in addition to Five and Dime, who is a longtime favorite, uh, they are out doing uh, their sets around Carthay Circle. Mm -hmm. um, and then each night they're doing block parties in Hollywood Backlot um, uh, with bands like Midnight Hour uh, playing Motun songs and uh, Urban Music Society doing R&B and funk. Um, I love this because one of my favorite things that they used to do in the Backlot at California Adventure was the... Um, the Tron parties and the Alice in Wonderland parties. Mad Tea Party. Oh my, it still breaks my heart. I watch videos of Mad Tea Party all the time. It was incredible. Such great energy. Yeah. So much fun. Uh, great drinks, great entertainment. So it's good to see that they are reactivating that back lot uh, with evening parties, uh, at least for this month. Um, so, and uh, one last thing, uh, uh, make sure that when you are, over there check out at downtown disney uh inside the old espn zone um they've got a free exhibit right now uh it is the soul of jazz and american adventure it's a touring exhibit that started out uh here at epcot 
uh, and it's got some great artifacts, um, uh, sort of inspired by the, the Pixar movie Soul. Um, but it's got genuine artifacts from the history of jazz in America, and you can see it for free every day from noon to 8 p.m. Uh, through July 4th. Yeah, I really enjoyed that when it was at Epcot, so definitely check that out. And like you said, it's free, so just pop in yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, head on over to Disneyland.com to check on all of that. And of course, Destinations with Character Travel can get you out there as always. All right. Last up for our news in the queue, the brand new Walt Disney Store is now open on International Drive. And you cannot miss this one uh, because it is in the lower level of the Mangos parking garage that has been wrapped in a giant digital ribbon that advertises the Walt Disney World uh, <laughs> resort to everyone driving by on I-4. That, that uh, makes me nervous because the drivers on I-4, particularly in that area, are... I tell so you, the people did not need any more distractions. Yes. And this thing is is the, possibly the most distracting billboard I've ever seen in Orlando. It's It's like... In Las Vegas, it would fit in among the casinos, but we don't have anything on this scale uh, currently uh, along along I-4, and it is pretty striking. Yes, I, I am nervous, <laughs> so be careful. <laughs> keep your eyes on the road. Yep. Look if you're a passenger. It does look amazing. It's hard to even call it a billboard. It, to me, it looks like an installation. You know, yes, it, it is. It's like an art installation yeah. uh, that goes along two whole sides of the building. It is, it's undulating. Uh, it's, it's amazing how they can build screens now that wrap around any shape. Um, but uh, it, in, in the, uh, the bottom floor, uh, if, you, if you head on over there, uh, you will find a brand new um, shop where you can get official Disney Parks merchandise and purchase tickets to the parks. Uh, just a word of warning, this is not a discount outlet store. Um, you know, this is not uh, not like uh, the one where you get cheap cast-offs. This yeah. is stuff being sold for the same prices that you will see in the parks. So you're not going to save any money, but uh, if if you forgot to get something while you're in the parks, uh, or you want to tell your friends back home that you went to Disney without <laughs> paying for a park ticket, uh, this is somewhere you can uh, pick up that exclusive park merchandise from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. daily. And I'm curious about the Disney Vacation Club virtual discovery station. Oh yeah, it's so, uh, I would yeah, like to got, experience that. <laughs> yeah, so floor to ceiling screens, uh, I guess interactive screens that that will uh, give you information about uh, how you can join the Disney Vacation Club and visit Disney destinations all around the world. It's like um, the preview center of the future. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well. Um, that just about wraps up our news in the queue for this week. Uh, and before we jump on into the main attraction, I think it's time for us to hear a little word from our sponsor. Here at Destinations with Character Travel, we offer the best experience with your travels. Need to visit the thrilling Disneyland Resort? Walt Disney World? Maybe lounge about on a Disney cruise or any other major cruise line? No problem. So if you're looking for a stress and hassle-free vacation, visit us at www.destinationswithcharacter.com. Contact us today and let us plan a magical vacation for you and your family. It's time for the main attraction! Okay, and for this week's main attraction, Boba Fett and Fennec Shand have arrived in Galaxy's Edge at Disneyland, and they will soon be joined by more Mandalorian characters, uh, completely blowing away the carefully established timeline <laughs> that, uh, that Disney Imagineering uh, had come up with for the land. Uh, there's a lot to unpack here. Um, Let's let's first just uh, talk about the the good news, which is that for a long time guests have been demanding to uh, meet fan favorite characters that don't necessarily fit into uh, the very specific timeline of uh, Batu, 
And now they've gotten their wish. Um, Boba Fett and Fennec Shan have both been out there meeting and greeting. Uh, Boba Fett, obviously, you know, they can make a perfect copy of the armor uh, from the show. That's no big deal. But they managed to find an actress who's uh, really <laughs> a dead ringer. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, great, great job casting both of these. Um, yeah, but, I mean, a face character is hard anyways, but absolutely. especially for something like this, people would uh, lead a revolt. If yeah, it was, if it yeah, she, they they did a great just like they've they've done a great job casting uh, rays for the park. Mm -hmm. um, all the rays that I've seen look look really great, and uh, and this actress uh, playing Fennec is also spot on. Um, and you can find these two uh, right now in the Black Spire Outpost. Uh, they kind of hang around the Dianoga Fountain uh, end of the bazaar, uh, the shopping district. Um, towards the bathrooms um that's the kind of best refilling water station is over yes there, so. yes exactly <laughs> uh, -huh. uh that's that's kind of the the spot that they have staked out for these characters and so now we get into the tricky part um you know disney was very insistent uh that this whole land was going to take place in canon in a very specific time period set in between the last jedi and uh the uh, rise of skywalker and that they would not include characters who did not fit into that timeline. And now after a couple of years of that, they're like, all right, maybe, maybe we'll figure, figure it out. So it looks like that this kind of area right here has become a little bubble in the multiverse. Um, I don't know. Uh, what is it in, in, in star Wars? There's the world between worlds or <laughs> maybe, maybe that's, Right. I mean, this but, is, I mean, we kind of know what this is. So the characters that are special like this, maybe for Disney Plus shows, are not paid for by the park. Isn't that correct? They're paid for kind of with outside marketing and film. So that, and television. That's, that's an interesting question because this has kind of been announced as a long term addition. I know when we have, say, a Marvel, every time that uh, an Avengers campus where we see uh, Moon Knight shows up because his TV show is on, or we're getting a different variant of Loki each week. Those, I believe, are mm -hmm. traditionally paid for by the studio mark as marketing expenses right. for the television show because it is specifically for the time period that that show is on TV. But from my understanding, these characters are going to be long-term additions to the land. And this is coming from, you know, Scott Trowbridge, uh, who's the portfolio executive, was the one who announced this at uh at celebration so i would assume this is coming from the imagineering and park side as opposed to the studio side but that is an excellent question um yeah it's interesting. The, the real interesting thing is the the mental gymnastics that that <laughs> Tro, uh, mr trowbridge who i have great respect for uh had to go through when announcing this you know basically the 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 thing they've come up with is that they can have certain sections of this land where characters who don't fit into the timeline can be but they won't intersect with the sequel characters so you can't go right. up to ray or kylo ren and have a conversation with them about boba fett or fennec shan because they'll be like who? i don't know yeah. who those people are uh they all died long before i was born or whatever um so it's you know chewbacca Chewbacca to me is the one guy who should be able to cross through anything. Right. He's, you know, he's hundreds of years old. He's, he's been there from the very beginning. You know, he's in the prequels. He's in the sequels. Let Chewbacca wander around and talk to free anyone Chewbacca. he wants. Right. Free Chewbacca. Justice for Chewbacca. Absolutely. This is interesting. Uh, if you go to Oga's Cantina, because a lot of those cast members are super interactive. So mm -hmm. would this mean if I asked a bartender about Boba Fett, they would say, I don't know who that is. Right. Well, so, okay, just for example, uh, in Doc Ondar's um, uh, shop, hanging on the wall is the Mandalorian's helmet, Jinjarin's helmet. Mm -hmm. So that implies that by the time we arrive uh, in Batuu, uh, between episodes eight and nine, uh, the Mandalorian is long dead. Um, that's the implication. So... Maybe you could go into Oga's Cantina and talk to them and they'd tell you, oh, I remember legends of Boba Fett and Jinjarin, you know, that was 30 years ago. 
Um, but, you know, you are magically transported back in time when you step her in this one little area where Jinjarin and, and Boba Fett can actually appear. Um, it's a lot. Okay. So it's a lot. It's a, it's a lot of, it's a lot of mental gymnastics. Um, uh, yeah. It's the, I think I think the specific quote is they say that they will remain in their specific timeline and won't intersect with other characters or stories that would not be appropriate for them. Um, so, uh, yeah, Skywalker Brian brings up an interesting question. Does that mean Grogu did not exist in this timeline, too? Um, yeah. Does Grogu not survive to the time to the sequels? We know he was a, a baby in the Jedi Temple during the time of the prequels, but uh it's yes, uh, it's all extremely <laughs> complicated and confusing. Um, you know, Harry Potter, uh, Wizarding World at Universal solved this problem by just not having any walk around characters who are from right. the movies. You know, you're uh, that that makes things real easy. They don't have to deal with that. Um, so it, it will be interesting to see how they handle this. And if anyone but a tiny, tiny portion of super fans even care. I think most people do not are not really worried about violating canon or conflicting with the timeline. They just want a freaking picture with baby Yoda. That's oh, all they want. That <laughs> you is know? they're gonna have to do a virtual queue for that because I cannot oh, I, even imagine no foot traffic in that area, which is already very compact and tight yeah. to begin with. Now I, I can't wait to see they how they handle it. I, I've got to imagine that baby Yoda's gotta be in some sort of pod and that he would be a puppet or an animatronic uh inside some you know his little carriage or something <laughs> uh, but I, I can't wait to see where exactly they set that up um i know right outside of the uh that black spire outpost that little area where they've got boba and fennec uh there's that kind of wall um there's a little cul-de-sac that they used as yeah. a mask mask off rest area uh during the the pandemic um and i'm wondering if that might be the best place to to put them because you could kind of corral people in that area. But it's it's interesting how um, I saw a little map that was sort of showing now that these characters are here, it sort of restricts where Rey and uh, Kylo and the stormtroopers will go to make sure that they don't intersect. Um, and I just, I hope it doesn't uh, lead to losing some of the random interactions that we used to get around uh you know, in the kind of nooks and crannies around the land, because that's, you know, there's no kinetics in that land. There's no moving objects. Uh, there's no, you know, um, physical objects buzzing around like you have in a Tomorrowland or something. Um, and it was the characters that were the only thing that were really bringing that land to life. Right. Yeah. So it'll it'll be interesting. It's definitely going to be complicated with foot traffic. So hopefully yeah. <laughs> it works out. Yeah. And of of course, uh, this is only the first step, as uh, Brian points out. Maybe down the line, we could see Ahsoka, or Andor, or other people uh, from uh, popular uh, Disney Plus shows. Right. Um, I'm just so. wondering. This had to have been like this decision had to have been inspired by the success of the characters in Avengers Campus, because every other day you see mm -hmm. something blow up on social media with the characters, and it's been such an amazing part of I, that band. I think that you have put uh, put your finger on exactly social media is what drives this, you know. It, for 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 decades we were content to meet the same Mickey Mouse over and over again. We didn't really care what Mickey Mouse was wearing. He didn't need a new outfit every 6 months. It was just you going to meet Mickey Mouse. But it's uh, social media and the drive for novelty and new content. Uh you know, matches up perfectly with the constant supply of new cat, whether it's new characters or new snacks or, you know, a new decoration. Um, it's the freshness. And I think, uh, I think Batu could really stand more constant updates, mm -hmm. um, whether that's new games in the data pad, new characters, new snacks. You know, we, we saw how people went absolutely insane this past week over uh cold brew coffee with cocoa puffs which personally i think the east coast version of whatever they're they're calling uh black calf now is looks pretty nasty to me it, I, it looks insanely not right i i just want the old original spirin black calf that was like the spiked coffee that yes. they would serve in the morning at ogas that's all i want back i i don't i don't care about cocoa puffs 
Yes, um, it, it is social media. I mean, I feel like it all began with Disney World cupcakes. That's kind of what set social media into this obsession of what's new, novel, and now it's like every day there's something changing absolutely. because they know the reaction that they're going to get. Absolutely. Um, you know, uh, speaking of August Cantina, uh, they are DJ Rex is apparently going to be getting a new playlist, uh, so that'll be interesting. Uh, I, I know I know a lot of those songs very well by now, so it'll be interesting to have a little more variety in there. And uh, there's they also kind of dropped a a bombshell that they're going to be looking at adding new scenes to star tours. Uh, I kind of thought that they were done once uh, Rise of Skywalker uh, they added those scenes. But uh, Scott Trowbridge teased that uh, doesn't know where, doesn't know when, but keep an eye out because we might get some new destinations and star tours. Wow. A lot going on. <laughs> a lot going on. Uh, and as, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, as, uh, as Michael says in the chat, uh, be fair to Florida. <laughs> yeah, the, a lot of these things are coming first to uh, California um, and uh, uh Brian speculating that that might be because uh, Florida is connected to the Star Cruiser, uh, and that's why we're not getting some of those characters quite as quickly here. Uh, but apparently, uh, we should be getting at least some of this stuff here in Florida sooner rather than later. So keep an eye out. And uh, I just know that the first day that baby, uh, I'm sorry, I keep saying baby Yoda. Okay. He's Grogu. <laughs> Grogu. As soon as Grogu is out uh, in uh, Batu East, uh, I need a picture with him. Yes, he yeah, is. I got to meet him. All right. Well, that was a mouthful, uh, but we have made it to the end of yet another episode. Uh, before we go, I want to once again thank our sponsor, Destination with Character Travel. And I also want to remind everyone to please give us a review on Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating on Spotify. It really helps get the word out. If you want even more of us throughout the week uh, from the two of us and Attractions Magazine. Uh, you can find us on the winter interwebs. Uh, me personally, you can find me at the UG series on Twitter, at the unofficial guides on Instagram, and at the unofficialguides.com. Carly, tell everyone where they can find you. Yes, I am on Twitter at Carly Caramana, and on Instagram, I am Adventures by Carly. And of course, you can find Attractions Magazine's coverage at attractionsmagazine.com. At Attractions on Twitter, at Attractions Magazine on Instagram, and on our YouTube.com slash Attractions Magazine channel. And until next week, I hope all of you folks out there stay safe, try something new, but most importantly, have fun, and we will see you all next time. Yes, see you guys soon. Bye. Bye.